go? How's it going? I am well. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. I'm on my iPad today. So, well, I know it's funny isn't it? when you look at the picture of yourself in there. It looks like you've gone cross-eyed because you're looking <laughs> at the other part. Why not to do that too much? People think I've got a glass eye. <laughs> so it's all moving forwards with you, though, guys. Then it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Well, finally, we've uh, you know we've been working pretty hard at it for well, I guess since the pandemic and. Finally, we moved to a, a network now, which is, you know, they have a built-in app and they have a built-in million-something subscribers or whatever it is. And, yeah, it should be pretty nice. That's cool. That's brilliant. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. If nothing else, you know, they have the marketing engine already built in and they have the advertising engine already built in. So it'll be nice. Something I don't have to do. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And I've seen all your, all your sort of chart success as well um oh yeah you know, yes he's they're really good really yeah good. yeah he's kicking tail i'm I'm proud of him so well done good 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 and so i'm gonna i'm gonna say the same thing about you i keep watching you guys you guys are constantly on playing gigs and doing shit and it's pretty wild it's nice i think yeah. the last time we really talked was like right around the pandemic right we were all kind of locked down and couldn't really do much and yeah, and then we did have a chat around about a year or so ago, I think, when our last record came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a quick chat um, around then, but we haven't really spoken since. Right. Um, since then. So, yeah, it's been pretty pretty full on. Yeah, it looks um, like the gates opened and you new guys just took advantage and went at it, right? Well, hopefully. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that behind the scenes. but Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess social media is um, sort of deceiving as well, right? It makes everything... It's only the bright side of things. Yeah, yeah, especially for a band. You're not going to put on stuff. I've not been doing a lot for the last three weeks. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, right. For you, you know, you, you wouldn't put that up. But, yeah, it, it's still a bit difficult in terms of there's still a bit of a backlog, certainly with festivals, of yeah. getting on because they've got everyone booked up from sort of 18 months ago still. Right. And there's only lots. So, um we're not on as many festivals this summer as we would have liked, but you know we've still got a good a good few to to start us off. Do you still run into that problem in shows too? Because I imagine like there's still everybody who wants to get out and play, right? And there's only so many venues and yeah. I mean, we've just done a UK a little UK run a few weeks ago, um, and because obviously we we wanted to do a run, so so we were getting gigs on consecutive days. The first one was on Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. which of course is not the best, the best day to play right but, yeah but that was what we could get to, to you know to fit in with the with the with the short uk um run of shows we did but it was good it was great you, you just got to keep going you, know? you got to keep playing and doing as many things as you can are you finding the crowds to be super uh excited to be there as well and like a lot more energy exchange um I don't know. It's hard to say, but they're definitely glad to be there. Yeah, as you um, are, I'm sure. Um, but it, sometimes it seems so long ago, you can't remember what it was like before, even though it was only a few years. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, and it is. And now it seems a long time ago since the lockdowns and all the... It does. All, and it was only, obviously, a couple of years ago, if that, really. Yeah, like a year and a half ago was probably, yeah. you know, final. Still yeah. Crazy. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys have planned then? I know you said you've got a couple of festivals going on. You've yeah. So the next uh, one we've got at the end of May, we're on the main stage at 
festival in the UK called Call of the Wild, um, which we're really looking forward to that. Um, we've got a couple of other things during the summer, and then um, late September, we're heading over to Europe. So we will be going to Belgium, Switzerland, and Italy. Nice. A um, couple of things up our sleeves, hopefully, for later on in the year, which we can't right. yet talk about because then they're not confirmed. Right. And then hopefully, um, our manager and agent is working on us, on us coming to the States next March. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, we're trying to get on the you know the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. Oh yeah, okay. Um, which is in March, and then we're going to work around that with with the tour dates. So nice. We, it, we'll probably be over there for sort of two to three weeks. Sweet. Which, do you really find yourself? Weird. Yeah, that'd be great to see you guys over here. But do you find yourself approaching, preparing, and getting ready for tour differently now? Well, as a. Well, as in booking the tour, or do you mean as in ourselves? No, as in yourselves, like as an artist or a musician, you know, after knowing what we just came out of. You're still there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening. Hold on. Do I have you? Hello, hello. Bruce? Hey, I'm here, Tim. I don't know if you can hear me. Tim? Let me see what this connection looks like. Hold on. Don't hang up. Yeah. There. Hey, there you go. I've got you. I don't know what happened. No, right? Can you? Am I back for you? Yeah, uh, we're back. Okay, good. Yeah. No, Sorry, I mean, yeah, like, I just, yeah. So, as a musician, do you find yourselves, you know, approaching things differently, knowing what we've just been through? Um, I know some of the shows and some of the things I was involved with, sort of when we were coming out of the pandemic and the lockdown was a bit strange with everyone in face masks, um, you know, and not really wanting to shake anyone's hand and all right. that sort of stuff. Um, I think now I've sort of forgotten about it a bit, but I think people are more aware if someone starts coughing, especially, you know, if you're in the van or the bus or yeah. you know, some small dressing room, someone starts coughing or whatever. Not necessarily thinking it might be COVID, but actually thinking, oh, I don't want to get whatever. Ill or a cough or whatever it happens to be. Right. So um, possibly maybe things like washing your hands more and all that was probably not a bad thing anyway. <laughs> right. Um, but but it, I do feel that certainly with, with my band that everyone's a bit more excited. Um, you know, we're going to do three or four shows or a short tour or just one show. It's everyone's a bit more excited. Right. Because uh, it, it was a, it was a, a difficult time, wasn't it really? You know, couldn't play at all, couldn't do anything. And when obviously you're a musician or anyone in any creative industry, that's your life. Really what yeah, exactly. And obviously your income as well. But yes, it, it was more feeling inside you. If you want to get out, and we did a show. Um, when was it? The end of January um, festival over in the UK, an indoor thing called Hard Rock Hell, and great big stage, and it, it, it was a really good good time. But I, I I can remember during the show thinking to myself, right, I've got to make use of this big stage. I'm going to be running backwards and forwards, and I'm <laughs> doing, you know, I really was enjoying myself. Right. Um, and that I think would have come again from the pandemic. Right. You know, really wanting to really give it some. You know, when you're out there, because it was all taken away from us. Yes, that makes sense. What is uh, what is leader of down work? Uh, minute answer, Bruce. The answer was yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what are you guys working on now? Are you guys always working on music? 
Well, we will obviously be doing our third album. So there's little bits we've started on already. Um, generally with um, ideas, riff ideas, little vocal ideas, um, a few titles and things like that. And what we tend to do is build it up like that. I normally write the lyrics um, and the vocal melodies. So once for want of a better word, a backing track, I will start working on that. And then when I'm ready, we'll start doing some demos and um, and start recording it properly. But I'm, if I'm honest with you, we probably won't record that till 2024. Right. Um, and then it's normally sort of eight or nine months after that before it actually gets released. Right. Do you guys Maybe take the time? Do you guys take the time when you're on the road on those long stretches and drives to write together, or is it more just touring and writing? Not really. No, not really. I mean, you might have a few little ideas. I tend to like, personally, interesting titles. Right. So if I'm on a or out somewhere, yeah, and I see something I like, write it down. And I, I have a little book with all sorts of funny Obviously, you can imagine two years later when I look in the book, what was what on earth was that? Where did I get that from? But it's little <laughs> things that might just get my imagination going. Um, so I'm doing that a lot. Um, I sometimes have a little dictaphone type thing or voice recorder with me. I might do it on my right. phone. If I suddenly think of a line, I'll just say it. So I've built up a sort of library of things that I liked at the time. It doesn't mean I'll use them, but I liked at the time. Right. So they've passed the initial um the initial test because i obviously liked it at the time right. and then you're it's a funny thing like your imagination because that i always find if i've forgotten about it and then i see something like, oh yeah and then something oh yeah that idea and then i'm off rather right. than just sitting down in the studio or sitting down in a room with a pen and paper going right i'm going to write a song mm-hmm. i find that harder i'd rather have a little germ of an idea to start with and then it, it's more exciting for me. Do you, are you one of those guys that gets like totally caught up in it then so that it just runs with it? Or do you have to censor yourself in when those ideas kick in? Uh, it works both ways. But sometimes if I really get, I've written verses and verses and I think, well, this song's going to be 15. <laughs> so I've got to cut. So then I will cut maybe some of the best lines from, so and make it into a verse. Right. So some of the stuff I write tends to be, um, if you read the lyrics, some of them, it, it's a lot of wordplay. So it's not necessarily telling the story, but it is telling the story to me because obviously I may have been there or I imagine the story. Right. But I quite like doing like that because then someone else will listen to it and it means something completely different to them. Right. You know, so right. for example, the uh, track on our last album, Holloway Motel, is about holloway motel which is a place that we used to stay in all the time in la but the um a lot of the lyrics are sort of little snippets of things that happened when we were there that i've just got together rather than telling you the story of what what happened it's just little bits and mentions and things like that i quite like doing it because i think it sort of makes well it certainly makes me think a bit what i'm doing but hopefully it might make the listener talk conjure up different images of things in, in and connect to uh, it differently yeah yeah it's it just by doing it really it's probably listening to motorhead for all these years there was a lot lemmy did a lot of those sorts of things as well and 
not necessarily I'm trying to copy them at all, but when when you've got right. a favourite band you've listened to a lot, you're naturally influenced. Oh, sure. Uh, and I always remember, you know, sort of talking to Lemmy when he was talking about lyrics and he'd sometimes show me something he'd done because he was particularly proud of a certain line. So there's a line in a track um, of theirs called Angel City that says, this is the Motorhead track, I'm an intellectual heterosexual. That was one of Lemmy's lines. And I know that Lemmy was so proud of himself for that. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he's great. You know, and it rhymes, which is even better. Yeah. Right, you know, and I, I love little bits, two or three words that go together like that. I've always enjoyed that. So I'll often try to come up with things not as good as that, obviously, right. Bruce, but, but, you know, things along those lines. That's awesome. And I guess, like you said, if, you know, people will connect to it more and then make it their own and then it becomes something completely different from what you, you originally or envisioned but yeah it'll exactly. make it more listenable to the you know the the listener i guess exactly i mean i i i not necessarily i'm, I'm a really overly emotional person as such i think i might have told you the story before when our because our, our record company is american right and americans are generally a little bit more i don't use the word excitable but you know you go hey cool that's great right. you know it might not be anything that amazing but Right. Whereas we uh, English people will not tend to be like that generally, and I remember the record company phoning me up to say that Paradise turned into dust. Our first single with, with Lemmy and Wurzel, Wurzel on it had become the second most added track on American rock radio in September 2018, and they said to me, and you'd have to excuse my attempt at American accent, but the record company executive said to me, "Hey man, you must be stoked," and he was like, and, and I said. Matt, I'm really pleased, but you probably can't tell because I'm English. Right, um, so reserved, right? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> but going, going back to your sort of original question, like sort of getting excited about and what we, we were talking about, is with, with those sort of lyrical things, it really does get me... I'm really pleased if I think I've come up with something that I particularly like. And again, you can only, go, you can only write it for yourself, you know, and hope other people like it. But um, <clears throat> what I was talking about when I was talking about emotions is if I had written a song about somebody close to me who died and I have done lots of bits about Wurzel, the song won't say, I miss you, my friend. Right. Where have you gone? My nights are so long. You know, it won't be like that. Right. I will tend to put in... That sounded quite good, actually. I, should, I, should, I, should, I was yeah. just thinking the same thing. I'm like, hey, just, <laughs> there's, there's a line. Yeah, down. <laughs> I will tend to put a few things in that may have been little phrases or private jokes we had together. So right. then it does sound like a, a love song or a sort of song about a, a fallen hero or something right. like that. There'll be little bits, but it, it is for them. But the person listening to it probably has no idea. Right. That and makes quite, sense. I quite like doing that because I think otherwise, especially obviously because you know Wurzel started the band with me and all that stuff. I'd, if I had songs like that, I'd probably be standing on stage every every time we did a gig, tears streaming down my face. Yeah, and I don't think anyone wants that, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob Podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. 
Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out. Well, good. That's excellent. So how, what else is going on with the band then? I mean, you're, you're doing the, looking at the tours. You guys are just... Uh... Yeah, well, when we've not... Well, about a year ago, I signed up with a new management company, which is going great. That's really, really, really working on. We're trying to work on getting some more um, support slots with people out in, in Europe. Um, and again, a lot of time is taken up with that sort of stuff right. because we've still got these backlogs. So the bigger bands, some of them are only just starting to get back out on the road. And of course, whoever's booked to support them was probably booked in 2020, 2021. Yeah. So because also they're planning for two years ahead now, you've got the other people who were talking to their management two years ago about a tour that was supposed to be happening now, but now that's 2025. There's a, there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Um, but we're doing things all the time. You know, we've got a load of new merch coming out in a few months. I have started as well filming my next cooking video. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yes. Um, and I met up with, I don't know if you know him, Don Jameson. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Don, yeah. Did you know Don? Probably, I or? do. He's been on the show a few times. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he's a leader of Down fan, which was great. But he came on the Black Label um, sorry, the Black Star Riders tour over in the UK that Phil Campbell was supporting with Michael Munro as well. Right. And he came along for four dates. And I walked past him, he looked at me and went, Tim from Leader of Down. I'd never met him before. And I said, Yeah, we were chatting away. But we got on great. And, and he said he'd love to do a cooking thing with me as well. Um, so that might be quite fun. We might have to do a link up with him out in New York, I think he is, and me over here. We can keep going backwards and forwards and film it or something. It might be quite nice. cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Really good guy, really good guy. And he, he was a big Motorhead fan as well. Yes. Um, and uh, so we've kept in touch. But, yeah, they, 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 we j- you just really got to keep going, looking at every little angle, everyone you meet, you know, people that you can help, they can help you, and collaborations and things like that. Um, you know, I think going back to the lockdown again, you sort of got a bit, oh, let me clean my guitar again or something. Yeah. You know, it's now nice to actually be out there using it. Right. Um, and meeting people and you know, networking yeah. and just even not networking, just meeting people yeah. is probably the best. And that's actually something I, I have noticed since the pandemic is people like Don and other people who've come over or you're meeting, they're really excited to be sort of hanging out backstage again or chatting or you're going for a curry after the show. Right. It actually has seemed a lot more exciting and people really looking looking forward to it. I've yeah. also noticed less arguments when we've been on the road as well. You know, not that we argue a lot anyway, but it's because everyone's really pleased to pleased to be there. Yeah, right. And, yeah, you haven't been in a long time, so it's yeah. enjoy the it's moment new. while you're in it, I guess. It's all new again. Yeah. And it's quite fun, you know, trying to get the crowd to, you know, I, I always do a little bit in the in the show where I just talk about Wurzel for a moment. It's something... Even though Wurzel's been gone a long time, I don't want to forget him, right. which I wouldn't do, but I, I, I always mention him and get everyone to cheer and things. And I think I've noticed since the pandemic, you know, if people aren't cheering as loud as I want them to, it's quite easy just to rev them up, get them to, to go a bit more because they're all enjoying it rather than going, 
oh, what's this idiot saying now? You know, oh, he wants us to tune it out. Because right. you know all the, you know what's going to happen in the show. Someone's going to say, I can't hear you. You know, boom. that's terrible. Go, you know, because it's a pantomime, really. You know right. that's going to happen. But I think maybe a few years ago, people were going, oh, no, here he goes again. But now they're going, yeah, and you can hear them all doing it. <laughs> I think they're so... Because even just shouting and letting a big noise out your mouth is something we haven't really done for a long time. Right. Um, and, and aside from, you know, and aside from, now I know we're talking about Leader of Down and being a musician on stage, but from the flip side, I've been going to shows as well, and I'm that guy in the <laughs> that's super excited to be there. And while, while I'm probably not the guy that's screaming, I am totally enjoying it and being in my element and being around my friends and the people that really are, yeah. you know, I don't, maybe necessarily not friends, but the same guys I see at the shows every yeah, yeah. week, every month. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. And people miss that, you know, and, and I think that is showing a lot, you know, with, with crowds and people at festivals. And I think there's also more people maybe going to see bands they wouldn't have necessarily gone to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, and of course, some of the older guys, they're now quite a lot older because they've sort of missed three or four years of shows. I think a lot of people are wanting to see some of the older bands to make sure they don't miss them. Right. But on that same note, they're also bringing their kids, right? And then you've got yeah. sort of a multi-generational thing happening. Yeah, yeah. And I think that happens a lot in heavy rock and rock in general. Yes. You know, whichever parent is really into it, they won't let it go. The their son or daughter has to like some of the music. It's a bit like supporting <laughs> your favourite football team. I, mean, right. I haven't got children, but I'm a West Ham supporter. And if I did have a child, they support another team, I wouldn't be best pleased. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the same thing with, with music, you know. And it, what a great thing to take your, your one of your children or both your children to a show of a band you like, and then they actually like it. Yes. <clears throat> I think we touched on this before when we've spoken as well. Rock sort of lasts forever. Obviously, things date in certain periods or whatever, but the general theme of it lasts forever. It's not a fashion that lasts for six months. So those old songs sound as good as they used to, if not better, you know, compared to some of the more modern stuff. And it wasn't a little pop music fad that was one summer in 1988. It, it, so the kids can really get into it as well. And you do, you see a lot of young people. Lemmy used to say there were lots of sort of 11, 12-year-olds coming to motor shows in the last few years, particularly. Um, who absolutely loved it. Yeah. I wanted to see it many times because they knew Lemmy was older and, and not so well. Right. So they're going to see him. Yeah, I think so, once that, and we may have talked about it and many times we chatted before, but I think once that sort of bug hits you, that music bug, especially like the hard music, heavy metal bug gets you, it stays. It It's there. Right, it imprints itself in your DNA, and you don't. Strange, isn't it? Because I don't see that as much with other styles of music. No, maybe classical and things like that, and jazz, but but not all the other styles. It rock is, I think, particularly strong in that area. It gets you, and that sort of kicking guitar really gets you. And I remember, you know, in Wurzel when he was older. Sometimes when he just play a chord, he'd look at me and really smile. It wasn't even anything. He's just like, and he grin would be across his face, and he'd not just because he liked the noise. Yeah, it wasn't, I would look at me how fast I can play. What it, 
and, and it's that, isn't it? That really kicks you. Yep. And I think I'll let you go here in a second, but I think, um, you know, everybody's got like a, a, a moment where they became addicted to it or became, or it entered their system or changed their DNA. Like for me, I tell the story all the time. I was in like junior high school, walking to the neighborhood record store and saw diary of a madman on the wall. Didn't know anything about it. Didn't know anything about heavy music. No idea who Ozzy was picked up this record on the cover alone. And you know, yesterday you're talking about still records that still hold up yesterday while I'm doing housework and stuff. That record mm-hmm. still sounds as great to me as it did then. And I still get chills listening to it. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it completely is. Absolutely mental, really. But that's also the magic of it, isn't it? Yeah. Do and, you have a record that uh, that did that for you, like the Gateway? I've told you before, I think, how I got into Motorhead. Because before that, I liked lots of different things. But when I saw Motorhead on top of the pops, right. it, the show in England, sandwiched between a load of other pop stuff, which I quite liked, you know, and I was watching it. When I came, I remember looking at the screen thinking, who are these maniacs this is terrible what it is but what is it i don't know but something got me right because i think it was so horrible and then a couple of weeks later they were on again or they were on another show and i saw them and i suddenly thought these guys are unbelievable i've never had anything like this before and i got a record i borrowed one off someone and then literally from that day that was it um but i don't think there'd been any signs that I was going to go that way up right. until that Yeah, I had no idea who Black Sabbath or Ozzy <laughs> was. I just did it. Yeah. And then you never look back. Never. And, there it and you wouldn't have one bad word said against it. No. <laughs> and that record still holds like this really special place yeah. in my heart. Like I still listen to it and go, holy crap, is this good? Mm. And again, even the cover on that record still looks great. Yeah. it's It doesn't look dated at all it still looks amazing and no so they didn't plan this it's just how it's happened you know but i think that that's unbelievable and the same with the motorhead album covers the tracks still even though i know them inside out upside down back front i'll still put it on i go yeah you still sit there with the record in front of you <clears throat> oh yeah and i can probably recite all the credits yeah you because know, i've read it so many but i still read it still read it look at it and Still sounds amazing, and I, I just hope that a lot of the young kids are also getting that as well from other things because that was a special thing that you know we yeah. all had. I don't know that they are. I mean, just based on my son and you know his friends, and they're not. They're just doing the one song download and moving on, and maybe not even listening to that whole song, right? Yeah. Like thirty seconds or something. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's sad that as well because I think. Especially, you know, if they're still teenagers at school or whatever, you want songs that you remember from a certain summer. And, you know, you could probably tell me, you know, what summer, what were the songs you were listening to? Yes. No. So that's why we do really well in sort of music quiz nights at the local bar. You know, because <laughs> when was this? Oh, yes, there we go. And you've got it. And kids look at you, how do you remember that? But they won't probably have that because they're not so as into it. it like you say, tracks yep um but rock kids are still going out and buying the vinyl and doing this and and people like taylor swift she's done amazing things for vinyl because a lot yeah. of them, yeah she's doing very well with that as well but a lot of the sort of younger people that i know that like taylor swift they will go and buy several copies of the same thing because it's on the different colored vinyls oh really just, 
just as we used to do. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is really good. Different type of music, but it's exactly the same principle. Right. Yeah. Just get more involved. Though. I mean, I guess the word is immersed. Right. We were so immersed mm. in excited yeah. and immersed in the record, mm. and we actually listened to it. We weren't doing something else at the same time. Certainly not on the first three weeks of playing it. You no, were like you, you buy it, sit on the floor in your in your living room yeah. or in your bedroom, and then play it and read everything. Right? It was a process. Exactly, and now we know every word. All these years later, to all these songs. <laughs> right, I still There's know no, the same thing. Right, that's how we did it. <laughs> and so the last one, then, how's uh, what's been the response to Turner the Screw? Then I know it's been a little bit of time, but it's been doing pretty well. Yeah, so yeah, screw tape letters. Yeah, um, it's been great. Yeah, we got Sorry. yeah we had ten in the Amazon heavy rock charts. Um, a couple of the singles were in the top five in the iTunes heavy rock charts. So we were really pleased. We got some amazing reviews. Really, really good reviews. Sales have been good. Um, we've now just got to do it again and, and write another one that, that gets received as well. <laughs> but yeah, we've been really pleased with it. It's been, it was quite a difficult one because. Obviously, on the first one, we had so many guests, and obviously, Wurzel was on there, and right. all this sort of. So, this is the first one. We still had a couple of guests: Dennis Stratton, Iron Maiden. Oh yeah, um, from which, Iron Maiden, right? Yeah, it was on on there. Um, but it was a more, should we say, consistent album because we recorded it all at the same time in the same place, so it felt a bit more together. Maybe not the right word, but you know what I mean. It's more a block yeah. work rather than 10 tracks that were all done at different times. <coughs> so we'll expand on that. There won't be any big um, style changes or 15-minute ballads, but um, we're just trying to find our our slot at the moment. you know. And, right. and I don't think you can – I mean, as a band, I think – you can correct me if I'm wrong – I think you try and not write the same record, but you can't change – like you said, you can't change your – your wheelhouse or your genre or you'll lose no, everybody no. you lose everybody and then it's time again exactly right. but yeah it'll be a good time catchy sort of heavy rock and roll um stuff well, which is timeless that's the idea right <laughs> i mean that's timeless we're talking about all these records rock yeah. and roll is timeless i mean let me what do you say always say he wanted to write something that would get you up on a monday morning that sort of stuff um and i I'm a big believer of that as well. You know, something that can really, yeah, come on, let's do this and forget about everything else and just have a good time. Right. That makes sense. And so I'm not blowing blowing smoke up your ass, but Screw Tape Letters definitely is uh, is one of the, you guys sent me the vinyl, and that's one of those okay. vinyls that definitely gets me going on a, you know, on a good day. I'll, I'll get up, get some, doing some stuff and be like, that's one of those ones that still stays in regular rotation. I love it. Good. Well, thank you very much, Bruce. So, yeah, yeah. So I've got one satisfied customer that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, so a couple things with that, and then I'm going to go. Um, yeah, you sent me the uh, the colored vinyl, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, a buddy of mine was in one of those contests that we did where you supplied the records. Mm-hmm. So he got a hold of that one, and I just saw him again in New York recently and loves you guys. So he's going to be really excited that you're coming to the States. Yeah. Well, New York is one of the places we're going to come to. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll probably be there screaming up front because he's a huge That's fan. Good. Good. Oh, that's good to hear. That's brilliant. Well, no, two hello. of us anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <That's a start>. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, that's all I've got, man. I appreciate you taking the time. No, it's great to see you again, Bruce. I didn't mean to bother you guys. I just figured I'd reach out. It's been a while since we chatted. So sounds great. Good. To see you, and we'll speak soon. Hey, be well, my friend. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. 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 Bye.
Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.